really positive operating environment makes those licenses actually fairly valuable because they're providing the operator the access to that particular market. It means that those licenses will be have intrinsic value and will be very marketable should an operator not be able to operate their business maybe to the financial successes that they want. And so if they need to monetize that, we'll find that a, a healthy operator would step in and want to operate that licensed location. Versus- From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today at MJ Bulls, we are joined by Anthony Coniglio, the founder and CEO of New Lake Capital Partners. Anthony, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate being here. Well, I'm glad to have you back. We don't normally have guests back on the show so frequently, but it seems like every time I turn around, New Lake Capital has something in the news. You're making a lot of big moves and I, our listeners are just interested in what you're doing and for the people that haven't heard any of your previous episodes, New Lake Capital is an internally managed real estate investment trust that provides real estate capital to state licensed cannabis operators. And I think maybe just to give a little background for everybody, Anthony, why is it a disadvantage for a cannabis company to own their own building? It, it really goes beyond the cannabis companies in general. And it's why sale leaseback transactions are so prevalent across the business community. It's because it's not always a great use of a company's precious capital to invest in a hard asset such as real estate. So if you were to look at Federal Express or Starbucks or Walgreens or even Home Depot, those companies all utilize sale leaseback transactions so that they could unburden their balance sheet from the hard asset real estate, and they could use that capital to focus on growing sales and growing EBITDA. It makes a lot of sense because especially for cannabis companies in the early days, they had no other option but to buy their own real estate because a lot of lenders would not let their mortgage holders rent to a cannabis company. So they had to go this route. They had to buy it themselves. And talk about the sale leaseback. How does that work? Yeah, it's really a very, very simple process for the operator. It's not disruptive to their operations at all. It's really more of a financing transaction. What we do in situations where the operator is operating at the location is we acquire the property, we lease it back to them on an immediate basis. It all happens at one time. We lease it back to them on over a 15 to 20 year basis. And it's triple net, which means the operator continues to provide all the services or, or contract for all the services at the property to the extent that it's a build to suit. And we've done a number of these. If the operator has a property in mind, we will acquire it for them and we'll provide the construction dollars to do a ground up construction. And then they step in and they operate the property. It really is more of a financing than it is anything else. That's an interesting piece that I don't think I've connected in our previous interview is not only would you provide the financing for the building, but basically the capital improvements or the build out on the interior of the building, you're also going to be able to provide financing for that? Yes, we've done that a number of times where we will acquire a property and we will provide the financing or provide the capital for the entire building. The way to think about what we don't provide financing for is if you took the building and, and you turned it upside down, if anything fell out, we wouldn't pay for it. So think lights, racks, benches, items like that, we don't necessarily pay for, but walls, drywall, 
doors, HVAC, like all of the equipment that would be in a standard building, both industrial and retail, because we do both types of properties, we provide capital for. Now, the cannabis company, they wouldn't have to put this in their financials as a loan. It was just come up as rent. Is that correct? It's an operating lease, right? It comes up as rent. Wow. That's, that's great. Well, historically with cannabis companies have a very, very difficult time, if almost impossible time of getting a loan or acquiring any type of debt whatsoever because of the banking law. So they can't go to the bank. They can't go to their, the traditional sources of debt funding, which has really made it difficult for companies to expand or to grow their organizations. You've figured out a way to solve this problem. And this is one where really what I wanted to talk to you about. Talk to us about how you're able to provide debt funding for cannabis companies. Yeah, we're really excited that we were able to raise a $90 million credit facility from a group of banks. And we think that this is illustrative of the way the banking community in general will focus on the cannabis sector. I think the banks will be reluctant as a general matter. Certainly you'll have a couple that are willing to go to, to go directly to cannabis operators. But as a general matter, we think banks will want to know that they're putting their capital behind a professionally managed portfolio of diversified real estate. And they're going to feel that that's a better credit risk rather than providing a property loan to one operator that, quite frankly, in many cases has a limited operating history. When I say limited operating history, it could be five or seven years is limited in terms of the way banks think about it. And so when people ask me about the safe banking, this is why I say if safe passes, it's a benefit to us because we'll have increased access to capital faster than the cannabis operators. And I think the fact that we're able to raise $90 million over the last few months amongst a group of banks is uh, demonstrative of that improved access to capital for us. What could a cannabis company use this debt for? So we're using the debt in order to have investment capacity to provide our sale leaseback transactions. So if operators okay. have their properties or they're eyeing a property, both retail and industrial, we would be able to tap into our credit facility to fund those acquisitions. Okay. One thing I failed to mention in a, earlier that I think is really important, that is, if I can remember correctly, all of the deals that you do are with state licensed operators. So you have the license as a backdrop on, on, on the whole thing. And, and sometimes the license follows the facility. Am I, am I not correct in saying that? Yes, you, you, are some, you are somewhat. So we focus on limited license jurisdictions where the license and the property are typically connected. But they're connected in the state that the property is located. That property itself may be on the license. They may actually write the license on the property. And so we don't necessarily take licenses as collateral. We own the property. So that is our collateral, if you will. We don't take additional collateral. We take security deposit and we own the property. But it's good yeah. for us to know that the property is located in an area where that property is licensed for cannabis and it's very difficult to get other properties licensed for cannabis. That creates value for us in terms of the property itself, but it's also a better operating environment for the operator. Sure. It is really hard to find a location for a cannabis business in most jurisdictions just because of all the rules, a thousand feet away from this and 1500 feet away from this, and you can't have this and you can't have this. To find a location that you can open up and actually have a cannabis business 
is sometimes a real task mm-hmm. and your all of your locations have already gone through that process so they're very valuable yes you're absolutely right dan and then if you take it a step further and think about these limited license jurisdictions where there's just a limited number of licenses that are provided into the marketplace which creates a really positive operating environment and makes those licenses actually fairly valuable because they're providing the operator, the access to that particular market, it means that those licenses will be have intrinsic value and will be very marketable should an operator not be able to operate their business maybe to the financial successes that they want. And so if they need to monetize that, we'll find that a, a healthy operator would step in and want to operate that licensed location versus say a retail location in Colorado. And I hope I don't offend any of your listeners where there are hundreds of those And if one shuts down, it's not going to be missed out of the marketplace. But if you shut down one of the few dispensaries in Illinois, as an example, the marketplace would miss that. Hence, it's very valuable. I know a lot of people are still on the fence on cannabis investments. And I think just based on some of the things that we've just talked about and the fact that it's a real estate investment, which is considered more conservative in most for most investors mind because you always have the property to fall back on if something were to go wrong with the other information that we just talked about all things considered more conservative cannabis investment what are some of the other advantages for investors that would be considering working with new lake capital or investing in new lake capital what are some of the other things that we may have not I think when you look at New Lake Capital, we are structured as a REIT, a real estate investment trust, and we pay a quarterly dividend. And so while we have significant upside for our investors, as more states legalize, as our portfolio grows, as the industry legalizes at the federal level into the future, we're going to benefit from all of that. And while our investors wait for that, they get paid a quarterly dividend. And so if you think of it this way, we've raised our dividend five quarters in a row as a public company. We keep raising our dividend because we keep growing our earnings and our what we call AFFO, Available Funds from Operations. And if you looked at the current stock price versus where our our last dividend was, even without increasing it further, we're paying over an 8% dividend yield. So what I'm hearing constantly from investors is, wait, You're going to pay me an 8% dividend yield while I wait for that big upside and move up in the stock price as more states legalize, as you grow your net income, and as uh, federal legalization approaches. And I think that's a big differentiator. And I think a lot of folks are starting to pay attention to us because we're providing that current return, not just the future upside. Wow. That is really exciting. And it's, and it's, I think it's unique in this space. I haven't talked to anybody else that are providing dividends. So well done. Well done. We'll have all of New Lake Capital Partners info in the show notes, including their stock information. So if you're a company looking to unlock some capital or you're an investor looking for a real estate investment, just click the links in the show notes. But remember that there's an element risk in all investments. So please do your own research before making an investment. Anthony, this is always fun to have you on the show. I appreciate you doing this. Thanks again. Dan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.